Zimbabwe's inflation hits over 130% and we delve into the Y Combinator memo and what startups need to do in the current global economic climate. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Silicon Valley's most famous startup incubator chimed in on the state of the public markets warning founders that things don't look good. In an email sent to company founders, the Y Combinator, which has birthed the likes of Airbnb, Coinbase and Stripe, said a large number of its portfolio companies have reached out for advice on how to react to the current economic climate and stuttering stock values. In this episode, Arthur Mukembo, team lead at the Future Lab Studio, and Zhao Rei, host and facilitator at Garage 48, analyze the Y Combinator memo and what lessons startups need to take up in the current economic climate. The Y Combinator asked startups to, among other things, prepare for the worst. How can startups leverage this information to safeguard themselves during this economic downturn? That memo was inspired from a perspective of there's a lot of change happening globally. We as leaders of businesses need to be aware of that change and therefore plan around it. It did not spell out doom and gloom in general. No, I think what it was bringing us to an awareness of is, are you paying attention to the fundamentals, to those growth drivers behind your business, uh, the problem you're solving, how are you remaining uh, a pivotal part in that particular discussion? Understanding that those who are less organized, either prior to this event or within this event that we're going through, uh, those who are less organized may not exist long uh, hereafter. So what we're trying to say is that as a startup, how do you leverage uh, how do you leverage this event that's happening for you to find an opportunity to uh, beat the competitive set? But ultimately, one thing we like to encourage startups is focus on the problem you're solving. If you deeply understand the problem you're solving for a particular segment or segments of customers, that problem is going to remain for a long period of time. What changes are the tactics, the ways in which you deal with that particular problem? So what we try to do as entrepreneur support uh, organizations is to equip founders with the toolkit to even approach breaking down these issues so that regardless of the changing economic times, you're still positioned for growth. Now, from a capital perspective, uh, again, it's the same thing. Capital is shy. Capital is always looking for the right opportunity that will bring back uh, you know, better returns than it could get elsewhere. So what we're trying to say is that focus on your investability as a startup. Are your fundamentals right? Do you have the right team in place? Uh, are you solving a large problem in a large market? Um, you know, are, are all your fundamentals okay? From that perspective, if you are believable as a team, you're executing well, the idea is in a big market that's going to continue to grow, those fundamentals will continue to attract capital. But conversely, how do we also build a capital ecosystem in the country? What environment do we have that encourages you and me to come and invest our money in a startup? How can we create an environment? Ultimately, if we get local grown solutions to providing that capital gap to startups, we will be able to weather any storm because ultimately those same investors are in the market with us. They're able to contextualize the sentiment and therefore provide capital to these startups in a way that's mindful of where we are generally as an economy. But all doom and gloom is cyclical in nature. It might be a month, it might be two months, it might be a year, but it will pass. So we're encouraging startups to remain focused on solving the problems in the best way they possibly can, because that ultimately will attract the right kind of capital to get you there. 
but keep focused on the customer and you will succeed. That was Arthur Mukembo, team lead at the Future Lab Studio. The Y Combinator also talks about funding and wants startups that plan to raise funds to hold off on those plans. Which stages of startup funding will be most affected by a shortage of capital? Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, you, you need to take maybe a step back and understand what's happening globally, uh, not just within the startup community, but you have to take a look at the the you know, the, the availability of funding that has been here for many, many years where investors found it incredibly difficult to find avenues to allocate their funds in a, in a, in a way that it would produce returns. That manifested itself in things like, you know, the, the, all the funds that went into crypto, a lot of funds going into startups. And now what we're seeing is that there is, there is a fear, right? that some of that those you know early funding opportunities are not going to be there so what does that mean for the early stage startups it means that some of those angel investors no longer have the capability to make that seed funding and that that has consequence that has real consequences because you know some of the discussion we were having before about uh, about the startups that are more market driven and don't get you know might not get the funding i think we see that on later stages and that's fine. You know, if, they, if they're not, if they don't have a market driven approach, you know, the market isn't going to dictate who survives or not. But the problem becomes at the seed stage, because at the seed stage, there's no market validation yet. You know, there's an idea, there is maybe a prototype, there's something, but you don't yet have a solid way to say, we know what we're doing and we have clients. You're still figuring it out. If you lose funding at that stage of figuring it out, then a lot of potential startups never get to see the light of day. And that has real consequences. It has consequences for the startup world, but it has consequences for the, um, for also the, uh, uh, you know, the way that we seek out entrepreneurship as a way for the youngest continent uh, on, on earth to, 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 to rise itself, right? So if you don't get those opportunities up there at the seed stage, then it's going to lead to serious consequences of unemployment with all the negative consequences that it brings of people at a young age not having anything to do. And you don't want to have that situation, right? You want to have people in, in a productive environment, whether working for someone else or working for, their, for themselves. So I do think that the seed stage is going to suffer a lot. And, um, and let's see. I, I think, uh, again, it's not just a problem in, uh, in Africa. I think it's a problem uh, throughout the entire world. The other mechanisms that uh, might be available for some of the countries are still very much uh, government-led. And then it depends on the, 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 the resilience of each government to keep some of those opportunities open. And I don't know how, how that's going to look like here. Startups in Africa have so far raised $2.25 billion in 2022. This is, so far, 2.5 times more than the amount of funding they had raised by the end of April in 2021, five times what was raised in 2020 and eight times what was raised in 2019. Does the new investment climate spelt out by Y Combinator dampen this momentum? You know, I think that in the end, in the end, the good ideas will still survive and there will still be a need for products and services that the market requires, right? The, the, the people need to keep doing the, the things that they do normally. If you, if you have a good idea that solves a problem for millions, you're still going to find a way to get the market to, to fund you or to find someone who wants to bet on your idea. And let's not forget, uh, a lot of the money that is coming into Africa 
it is coming because Africa is a con- is a continent of op- opportunities, right? There is there was it was overlooked, I think, for for a long period, especially in the startup sector. But a lot of people are looking at uh, the next waves of of, of innovation and entrepreneurship uh, here. So uh, there will be a crunch. Uh, I, I have no doubt about that. I think there is still room for the the good startups to go. I think the concentration of of these investments in those you know four main markets. Sadly, I think it's going to continue. Uh, I, I don't see how this crisis is going to help to distribute that a little bit better. But then again, it's up to these guys. It's up to the community players that we're talking to here in East Africa, and we've done in in southern uh, countries as well, uh, and in West Africa as well, to to make sure that there is a network, that that network supports itself, and that the allocation of funds is done in a way that it supports startups from the region and not just from a specific market. That was Zhao Ray, host and facilitator at Garage 48. A quick review of the other stories making get into the podcast. Zimbabwe's annual consumer price inflation jumped to 131.7% in May of 2021 from 96.4% in the prior month. It's the highest inflation rate since last May as the currency plunged after the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe introduced a new interbank rate of 276 per dollar on 9th May. The Zimbabwe dollar was officially trading at 166 per US dollar and as much as 420 on the black market before the interbank rate was adopted. On a monthly basis, consumer prices surged 21%, the most since July of 2020 and following a 15.5% rise in April. Nigeria did not join the international tax agreement brokered by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development because it would result in revenue losses to Africa's biggest economy. The requirement that signatories could only tax digital sales of multinational companies with annual global turnover of 20 billion euros, about $21.4 billion, and a global profitability of 10% was of concern because most firms that operate in the country do not meet that criteria. According to Mohamed Nami, executive chairman of the Federal Inland Revenue Service. The rule will take off so many multinational enterprises from the scope of those that are currently paying taxes in Nigeria. Africa's top oil producer, which has one of the lowest tax collections globally, declined last year to sign the Organization for Economic Cooperation Development-led effort to reform international tax rules to make multinational firms pay their share of tax wherever they operate. The reforms were to ensure multinationals pay a minimum of 15% tax rate from 2023. About 130 countries representing more than 90% of the global economic output signed to join the global tax deal. And a quick look at the markets. Nigerian stocks fell by as much as 1.8% in the sharpest fall since the beginning of the year after the central bank's monetary policy team took a hawkish stance, apping the benchmark interest rate to 13%. The move could heighten the pressure on equities considerably in the near term as the promise of improved yields could lure portfolio managers into selling big volumes of stock and investing the proceeds in fixed income instruments. The contradictory decision was taken not so much to tame Nigeria 
Nigeria's galloping inflation as to staunch capital outflow from the economy to offshore havens, promising better yields with Nigeria's assets losing their attraction to investors from abroad amid recent rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve and European Central Bank. Increasing interest rate is often effective in fighting inflation driven by higher demand, not in tackling inflation induced by high costs and supply chain disruptions. Market breadth, which shows the depth of investors' sentiments towards the trade, was negative as there were 39 losers compared to 17 advances. The All Share Index shrunk by 961.9 points to 5,949, while the market capitalization closed lower at 28 million naira. The index has been up by 21.6% since the start of the year. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Ruthedong.